Greetings ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest video. There is no epic loot here, only puns taken from the website Royal Road. The link to the story will be down below. If you wish to support the author, please head over there and give them support. If you wish to support the channel, there are numerous ways to do so down below. There is Discord, Merch, Patreon, bunch of other stuff too. So have a look in the description, you might be surprised. Anyways, now on to the fiction. As always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel, Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Chapter 135 Twinkle, Twinkle Little Delta remained with Alpha's still body his life essence seeming to dwindle by the moment without whatever soul or mind Mara had taken. The history of Totok hasn't been as clear as Delta would have liked. The author had collected conflicting tales about the tales. The people there claimed Mara had messed with the ritual to try and claim the throne, using necromancy to steal the power. Karma sources claim that the king has called forces far beyond his control, his stubbornness destroying his land. Delta felt sad at the mention of the druid being harmed in either tale. It reminded her of Mrs. Davagast, her kindly face and her love for plants. This book, it didn't change that Mara and her darkness was harming Alpha. It didn't matter that their reasoning or the past. The only thing that mattered was the here and the now. Her symphony was still trucking through Mara's fortified castle tearing flesh and statues down with a terrible force. Mara was moving between using her death magic and some odd form of life magic, a sort of cloying, ineffective magic that turned piggles and spiders to mush or made them turn on their allies. Delta couldn't do anything about the other than having them re-removed and replaced, but her mana, it couldn't sustain this type of assault, even breaking the rules. She was waging war, and being a dungeon, she couldn't, uh... Delta paused. So, um, why was she doing both? A smile spread across her face. Maharia was through her father's seat and already using up her mother's. They would regain their power over time, but she still had her two strongest seeds, her siblings. It had been close at first, but between herself and Delta, Maharia proved to have more control over her spending. Delta's manner had been flagging for some time and Maharia was getting a little concerned that she might have to put Delta's capabilities above what she was actually capable of. She idly held the container holding the boy, Alpha, thinking there was a strange lull in Delta's actions as the pressing domain pushing against Maharia's kingdom abruptly vanished as if Delta had been destroyed. No! Maharia stood up with a fury. Then it started to grow, faster and faster until it overwashed what Delta had before, pushing like a howling wind that instantly blew through her backup seeds, making Maharia pull on all stored magic to sustain herself. What? Maharia began, but her confusion couldn't last as, to her surprise, three more of those monstrous shambling horrors emerged from the dungeon. One was hard, but four... Maharia gripped her staff and took a deep breath that she didn't need. What had the clever dungeon just done? Maharia was dying to know. 
Say it, Daldus said with a wipe of her hand across her brow. I refuse. I know the joke and it's terrible. New, the ever grouch was ruining her fun. Dalton glared at him until he finally sagged in surrender. Captain, all non-essential power has been diverted to phases. Understood, number one. Repair photon torpedoes, full speed. Dalton barked as New just sighed harder, despite her grin. Despite her mood, it was disturbing. She had given her dungeon a warning, but seeing them all in stone, frozen and lifeless like the dead dungeon. It hurt Delta, but knowing it was temporary helped. They just needed the mana that Delta was using back and everyone would be okay. The dungeon that she'd gone to had given the idea. If she turned all of the monsters, traps, effects, and kept the rooms open, Delta could redirect the freed mana to fight ahead. There was so much mana, Delta had to make four more symphonies just to prevent herself from exploding at the rush. Then her four had emerged into a single Goliath symphony. A lot of spiders and piggles in one place. The rest were spread out into space, claiming as fast as she could to have power. Her orange manor rushed forward, almost ecstatic to conquer the enemy, like happy little workers. It was enough to let Dalta materialize in Marrow's antechamber. A gigantic three-headed dragon skeleton awaited her, and Dalta looked up at it, eyes hard, the ancient bones shuddering as joints moved joints, grimy fangs as long as Dalta as herself. Move! She warned it, as if it had an option when it was Marrow's pet. It growled low in its non-existent throat. A massive fresh-covered hand moved over Dalta's head, crushing through stone and mortar to grab the dragon. When mother asks you to budge, you little bony self, obey! The quartet of maestros snarled as they crushed the skull with a single squeeze. The skeleton launched itself at Delta's friends, taking the battle outside the hall. Delta trusted them to be more than enough. Delta's family was better than any pet's mirror kept. It was a simple fact. She began to climb the stairs, the dark red fabric spreading orange with each one she took. Then, it was just her and the giant door which Marrow drew herself tightly behind, like a coil serpent. Delta knocked politely, and the doors opened on their own. Marrow was in the center of the room at a pristine table with an elegant but slightly tarnished teapot and cups steaming away. And another chair was an orb with a glowing tiny light of Alpha and Hero as they too were invited to this mad tea party. I'd make a we're-all-mad-here reference, but I don't think you get it, Delta said tersely. Marrow looked up, her lone eye crinkled with amusement. Your hair wants cutting, she said conversationally. Delta paused mid-step and the unexpected throwback line. I don't think, Delta began, and Marrow giggled. Then you shouldn't talk, Marrow said simply, as she poured tea for Delta's spot at the table and put milk and sugar into the middle of the table. Delta couldn't actually do anything to Marrow for the moment, her manner pushing against the room on the two monsters clashing outside, with no sound reaching them. She sat, if nothing else, to avoid looking lame standing. How do you know lines from a novel that doesn't exist in this world? Delta asked quietly. Marrow stirred sugar into her cup with a spoon that was slightly scratched up, bearing the kingdom emblem of a pickaxe over a river. I'll give you a clue. Arrow said slowly. You remember that beautiful night waiting for you in the main hall? 
she asked, and I'll remember the horse knight, Levix or something. Notice how he's not responding, nor is he at my side. Mara went on as she sipped a tea. Not really. Delta didn't like to devote her limited precious brain space to people she disliked. That could be room she gave to cute puppies or great jokes. When you defeated him, you were likely rewarded by the, uh, sister, Mara said, clearly wanting to use another name. Delta thought back on the reward. Corruption resistance. It didn't ever quite come up, but not long after she got memories of her brother back. What is the corruption thing you gained resistance to? Mero asked lightly. To you people, the crazy cult people in my basement, Dalta said easily. We're not a cult. A cult implies a religious dogma. Since that is the norm in this world, we're quite anti-establishment, Mero argued abruptly, sounding petulant. Besides, she said offhandedly, my faith died when gods murdered my family. You become quite broken after that, she said. You sound broken, Dalta replied coldly. Mero looked up. I have no more liquids in my body. I'm also driven insane by the voice of my insane siblings I consumed to save them from said god. I've grieved for a hundred years. If I still cried, I would be insane. She tutted as if Delta was the rude one. But no, not us. Memories just don't fade, Arrow said as she sipped more tea. When the sister and brother plucked one, two, three... Four, five little birds from the abyss and squished them down or maimed them. Pieces fell off. Things happened. Things are happening. Mara pointed out, and before Delta could ask what she meant, the entire room shook and Mara's star began to creak. The girl didn't seem to bother with the powers literally strangling itself, her domain on the verge of losing. Mara reached over and without any word, let Alpha's soul free. Hero squawking as he fell. I don't care for them, but they were never going to die, Marrow said with a smile. What is wrong with you? Delta asked, standing as her manner began to leak into the room. I miss my family, and, um, I'm so tired, Marrow said simply as she stood. But the wait is over. Come on, show me what Delta is. I want to see the essence of decay. I want to see life growing from stagnation. Let me see the corruptor. Mara said eagerly, and Dalta didn't hold back. She crashed into Mara like a tsunami. The inside of Mara's soul was caked in death. But in the center of it all was a quiet girl sitting in a turned-out minecart, reading a book by a candle in a tunnel. The girl looked up, but from the crack behind her poured light. We never needed to make our stars, the unfamiliar girl said with a more awkward voice. They were here all along. She finished, and everything changed. Maestro didn't have four siblings. Every new symphony of the nightmare Dalta had spawned was like adding an instrument to his arsenal. One of them had far more spiders than piggles, let it scuttle across the ceiling. Another seemed to be made more of mushrooms, squishing as it flowed forward, sucking skeletons under its mass. They sort of stood out in the place. Marrow's castle was a long, gothic, high-vaulted hallway that had gloom and doom as it fashioned center. Tacky, but Maestro never let a dive bar's appearance stop him from giving us all in a performance. His current uh, performance was uh, a rather rowdy creature that tore chunks of the main body he had. The symphonies oozed and morphed together, 
pulling apart just as easily to deal with back attacks. The Dragon Hydra, the thing that was a little like a symphony. Anytime Maestro did damage, like crushing its ribs or snapping a spine, nearby zombies and skeletons would abruptly collapse into dust, feeding into the mess. Bone uncracked, spines unsnapped, skulls uncrushed, and lots of other little nasty details. Like, it now had skeletons as tongues, and little pests wielding blades, stabbing every time the dragon bit into Maestro's bodies. Maestro was stronger, but this thing was prolonging the fight that Maestro couldn't afford to have lost longer. The hornbone is, uh, Maestro began humming before he ripped one of the dragon's fearsome claws right out of its shoulder joint. Not connected to the shoulder, he said, grunting as some foul acid it sprayed from its fangs ate into the fair number of spiders. Instead of marrow in its many white bones, it was acid. Maestro just loved that development. Still, nothing a little makeup and star glam wouldn't fix before the next show. He lifted his entire mass, touching the ceiling before he tried to crash over the dragon entirely, letting his pickle horde eat it down to nothing. A pickle got through the bone and acid sprayed, eating holes in Maestro's backup dancers. The dragon used unbalanced weight of Maestro, his side now having spread acid bones to make him fall to the side and into a wall. To Maestro's surprise, the wall crumbled to reveal an open space beyond. For a moment, Maestro almost thought that he was outside in a subpar sun compared to Mother's second floor. It was a large, circular throne room that had scorched circle in the middle. Two broken and sad-looking thrones sat side by side, patched together with novice hands. It looked like a set from a play, almost, lifted up and transplanted into an alien environment where it cleanly did not belong. It stank of old blood and something like rotten potatoes. They crashed through the white marble pillar, the stone shattered across the space. Combined, Maestro had a sheer mass, but the thing was fighting a foe made of what was essentially building blocks was, um... The dragon broke down, becoming a snake-like coil around the pillar, its head snarling. Number 34, you Philistine idiot! Never turn into a snake, Maestro thundered. The thing lunged, squeezing so hard that Maestro was cut in half. But the two halves merely returned the favor by pulling the dragon snake Hydra from each end, snapping it in two. They toppled into a burnt-out circle, spraying bone chips, acid, mushroom, and decay. At the top circle, closest to the thrones, a symbol began to glow, burning through the years of filth and dust. Marrow's seed was like a mutant strawberry. It had four bulging tumor-like secondary seeds grafted onto a singular small seed, the tiny, tall, and ragged from keeping the other seeds from falling away. But to say Marrow's seed was small, that was the highest of lies. The thing towered over her with its mutant hearts beating out of sync. When a seed is taken by a monster, life also ends. The seed is taken purified and added to that monster's power. This is why monsters evolve, mutate, and are a threat. They are artificial hunters of seeds. Marrow's voice came from around Delta. She was in the ground. She was in the falling gentle rain. She was in the dozens of bone-shaped grave markers. This world was Marrow. When a seed is taken by an outsider, 
what are called gods, the seed is added to their power, allowing them greater strength in this once free universe. Seeds act as relays. If a god is strong enough to be summoned, they don't need our seeds. Not really. But having them lets them influence more. The girl went on as Delta walked towards the seeds, intent on finishing this. When a seed is taken by a dungeon, Mara's voice said in a ghostly image fell into line with Delta, as if it were taking a stroll together. The seed is converted, stripped of the lost sibling's power and infused with brother or sister's strength, like hermit crabs, one would say. Mara said casually. Delta spun, finger pointing. Stop it! You're being creepy and weird and I don't trust a single thing you have to say or do, Daltha warned. Mara blinked once and kept walking. No one is asking you for your trust, Daltha. Quite the opposite, she said, brushing down her dress. The girl looked different inside. Her face different, her voice rougher. This was what Mara saw herself as, not the pretty and skeleton girl outside. Daltha, look at my clumsy efforts, look at my seed. Mara insisted. Delta did, not liking how when all the seeds compressed to an extent, there would almost be a rough sphere. A seed planted in the ground to grow and provide life to the world around. Our seeds were meant to be a testament to our growth. The seed they turned you into was meant to serve them. Your ability to assimilate and take in seeds is what makes a core a core. The girls said and sat down abruptly. When you absorb the strong seed utterly, it allowed you to grow and develop, reclaiming parts of yourself. You reclaimed the strong, sudden burst of humanity, and that was a dangerous to the sister. She made you resistant to that. You could remember more if you had been allowed to experience the seeds as they were, she said flatly. Delta was quiet for a moment. People are the original dungeons. If they killed one another or defeated factions of the sibling, their seed would grow and so did their power. Mara said, and Delta looked down before she pushed Mara backwards, making her little legs fly up. I get it. You can spin it as Sis and Bro are refusing to let me and the others remember or go home because they need us. But Mara, I really kind of knew that. I like them, but they're kind of idiots when it comes to details, Delta said dryly. Mara flailed before she sat up, incredulous. Brother thought the key to fixing people was to release monsters. Monsters! Delta waved her hands erratically. Sis has poked holes in reality to let in things with too many hands or tentacles, and she didn't put any rules in place. She just opened her front door to the hoodlums and sat in her kitchen to play Sims. She went on, pacing now. They tried to make a god without ever asking if they should, and they're still paying for that. But at least they're trying. Sis is so, um, socially adept that she thought sending flat deadline messages and informing us of how I might die every two seconds was, uh, helping. My new brother, who you kidnapped, by the way, is traumatized into being unable to eat without a prompt request. He needs therapy, and the closest thing I have to a therapist is Vera. She's a bartender, Dalta yelled. The world around them shaking violently. Dalta bent down and grabbed Marrow by her pretty little collar. I'm infested with mushrooms. Every time I try and make something cute, it's horrible. Every time I want it to be horrible, it's cute. And now, I have someone who I guess had a crappy life due to their actions, and is now at my door being a pain in my rear. You want law bombs, Maharia? Delta asked as the girl seemed to shrink away from Delta, as she was too bright. 
I'm doing the best I can, and your great enemies. They're a bunch of kids who didn't even know how to ask someone for help. All they had was each other, and now they can barely have that. Your war. It's a playground scrap on a deity level. I'm so goddamn tired of it, Dalza said, dropping the girl. They took you, ripped you from your world. Marrow tried, and Dalza held up a finger. Shush, she warned. But they... Ah, uh, Dalza cut her off. The seeds zip. The next, Dalza said, and Marrow finally went quiet, mostly out of sheer frustration. Dalta rolled her neck, feeling rather good at being able to make an unruly child sit down and take notes. Almost natural. Now, I beat you. I take your seat. You overthrow me with humanity using a uh, five people at once that are soaked for a hundred years or so in power, and I go nuts when I get my traumatic flashback, turning on my friends and the siblings. Sound about right, Dalta said aloud. Marrow just glared. Dalta bent down, and the world was turning orange, but not directly touching the seeds. He shouldn't have let me in here, Marrow. It's pretty personal, she said brightly. Now, uh, you said five little birds, and you didn't answer how you knew about dear little Alice in Wonderland. Dalta reminded her. Devour me, or kill me, in the charade of humanity. Marrow glowered, more commanding than asking. Dalta sighed as if Marrow had pushed her too far. She began to send her manner into the soul, looking for parts of what was still spongy. Marrow began to twitch slightly, eyes widening. Tell, Dalta repeated, and Marrow squirmed. Get, get, get your peasant fingers out of there, she warned, reverting to a much less controlled personality than before. Dalta wiggled the spots and Marrow seized up, choking before she snorted, twitching on the ground going red. Tickling was not how she wanted to defeat the evil lich girl, but soul tickling, that was far worse. But as she distracted Marrow, she was slowly cutting away her seed tumors. Two of them were deeply wrong, sprouting parasitic limbs to try and snare Delta. Delta crushed them without even looking, their black forms turning bushy and orange. The essence inside was freed. Delta didn't absorb them yet. No. She had a better plan, and as such, she searched for Maestro. Maestro had kept her updated on his progress, including what looked like the exact same godly summoning circle found in the book that she had read. Revenge is best served to someone who actually deserves it, Delta said as she sent the infected seeds off, mostly converted into a godly source. How Marrow had kept them in line all these years was insane. The circle was almost ready now, and with the seeds, the dragon hydra was collapsing from lack of Marrow's mana. The seeds weren't exactly someone Dalta could just make physical, but the fun thing about rituals was that they could be symbolic and metaphysical in what they accepted. Maestro focused, glowing power flowing into the circle. The infected seeds. You know what is neat, Marrow? Dalta said conversationally, as the girl wheezed in exhaustion from a torture. When you open a door that seems too heavy to close, you only need to do it an inch at a time, Dalta said as the circle began to blaze with power, absorbing enough mana left in Marrow's dungeons to do its purpose. And with these offerings, I want nothing. In fact, I want to give these back to the realm of the gods, absolutely free, Dalta commanded as she pointed forward, grinning wide. The ritual circle exploded as energy shot up through the ground 
Holly trembled as she felt that uh, power flare once more. Her soul, scared and scarred, still ached every day. But now it burned before it turned slightly smoothing. A beam of orange light shot skywards, a star blazing in the twilight. It went for an old star rather than a new one, baiting it for a moment. The star did something she had never seen before. The slightest stage of it became eclipsed as if some moon were moving over its light. Holly bent over as something else happened. She looked down, sweating as, um, one of her fingers abruptly turned wooden. A sheen of black thorn wood. Holly stared, and then smiled. The world tree and its hearts rippled, and some of its upper leaves abruptly wilting as the energy seemed to restrict itself. Yig felt the most distant roots wither and sent a command to Beta. He needed her to set up more fear. His his story had to grow quicker. The girl, mostly immune to his infection, was quite open to more honest manipulation. Pride and fear. After all, Yig could only grow solid in this world even as his door closed. The story of the monstrous dragon and the tree it feared. He would root himself in this world, one way or another. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.